You are tuned into another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. I got a couple of guys I've added to my bullpen wish list and a fun hypothetical about if the Royals were to have a game one starter in a wild card game and who was the biggest what if in 2023. All of that is coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jack Johnson, and you can follow me on Twitter at Johnny J underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. And catch all of these podcasting episodes on wherever you get your podcasts. That can be Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and you can always catch us on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you already have subscribed, send it to somebody else who hasn't subscribed. Our goal is to get to 1,000 subscribers before opening day 2024, so we need a good pace. Uh, right now at about 530, we try to get about 100 a month so we can really build this thing up. If this is your first ever episode tuning into Lockdown Royals, wherever you may be listening, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or you're watching on YouTube, of course, welcome in. First time seeing my face. I'm just a diehard Royals fan, as I'm sure you are. And now I work in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I've got a morning show on ESPN Kansas City, 10 to 11. And also once a week, I have a night show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. I know with Thursday night football tomorrow, I know with the playoffs going on in baseball, I know with college football on Saturday, it's a very busy time for placing some bets. So you have to use FanDuel when you are placing those bets, as long as it's legal, of course. And there's plenty to go around this week. I mean, there are three major sports going on with the MLB playoffs, college football, and NFL football. So go to FanDuel and start placing your bets today. You know, I thought it was going to be a good time this week, at some point to bring this up, about an off-season wish list. We heard J.J. Piccolo speak yesterday about the team's outlook in 2024, some guys he really thought improved, some guys he didn't think improved. But I wanted to take those words and kind of look a few months down the road here. Because once the postseason concludes and those contracts are officially up for teams everywhere, it's going to start getting a little bit active. And I do believe the Royals are going to be active, and more specifically, in the bullpen market. Now, I've kind of gone through a list of guys that I think make a lot of sense for fixing this bullpen. And I know I've kind of gone back and forth with how you can build a bullpen, but I think there's a very good way to construct this 2024 relief core without dropping you know, $20 million which is already too high to begin with. So I've compiled a list at who I think makes a lot of sense for the Royals to go and give a one-year deal to. And if you're out of contention by July, you look into flipping those guys. Now, sure, there's going to be guys that become available later than most. 
Some guys will decline club options, then become a free agent. Some guys will get DFA'd and the Royals could swoop in. But I'm strictly going with guys who are going to be unrestricted free agents and the Royals will have a play at them. But they could go in and make a serious play at every single one of these guys on my list. So let's start it off with number one. I think Matt Moore is a perfect fit for Kansas City. Uh, He is going to be incredibly cheap. He is coming off a phenomenal year. He was DFA'd twice, which didn't make much sense, and it had nothing to do with his performance. Okay, he was DFA'd in a fire sale, basically, from the Angels, and they're a, a dumpster fire right now to begin with, with not being able to sell pieces. And I hate to speak illy of another organization when they lost less games than the Kansas City Royals, but that just felt weird to me. No, just getting rid of everybody. And Matt Moore was one of those guys. And Cleveland swoops in in their late playoff push, and they place a claim on Matt Moore. And he was there maybe a week or two. And then he's DFA'd again, and Miami picks him up. And Miami felt like a pretty good fit. They're in the postseason now, and, and Matt Moore wasn't even eligible for their postseason roster because of the, I think the amount of times he was on the roster. It's kind of a weird, uh, tricky situation with the roster. But he is going to be an unrestricted free agent. He's also going to be 34, 35 years old. He's a soft thrower, but he doesn't walk anybody. He throws strikes, and he got a lot of swing and miss this year. That was an element of his game that I thought really improved. And he's bounced back from a lot of injuries. You know, Matt Moore had a a great start with Detroit not too long ago, and then I believe tore up his knee and then couldn't play for a while. But I think he is one of those guys the Royals have to go in there and consider giving a a one-year deal worth $2.5 million, $3 million. That's what a bullpen deal looks like. And with him being up there in age, I think that's about the price range he's going to be at. And he may settle with the Royals if they're offering a little bit more money. I'm sure he wants to pitch in the postseason. And I'm sure there's teams like the Dodgers that will be calling or you look at the Brewers trying to add to their bullpen or or one of those division winners. Yeah, I could see him picking those teams. But if the Royals could sweeten the deal a little bit, give him maybe three and a half, four million, I'm not going to complain. I think he found a really stable left-hander in that bullpen. So he's number one on my list. Maybe not number one. I'm not going to rank these guys, but who I just think would be a really good fit. Number two, and this guy, if I am going to rank him, he would be number one, and it's Phil Maton of the Houston Astros. Phil Maton is filthy. He is absolutely filthy, and he could be your back-end bullpen guy. He could be your closer. I know that he's not the closer in Houston, but different bullpen in Houston than it is in Kansas City. I love the pure stuff that he has, and I remember seeing him a lot in Cleveland coming out of that bullpen. He's not a big guy, not a huge stature, but he throws a lot of strikes, and like Matt Moore, got a lot of swing and miss this year. The Royals actually saw him not too long ago in Houston. I believe roughed him up a little bit. But overall, he's been great in his big league career. And again, he provides that stability. And I think has excellent, excellent stuff. Spin rate, off-speed pitches, expected batting average, expected slugging. All those things favor Phil Maton. And he's kind of reaching his mid-30s and I think makes a lot of sense again to go out there and give a one-year deal worth three to four million dollars. Then the third guy I have is a former Tiger and somebody who pitched very well in a lot of innings for the Atlanta Braves this year. And that's Joe Jimenez. You're going to see him from time to time in the postseason, as long as I'm not missing some injury. But I saw him a lot in Atlanta. I watched a lot of Braves games this year 
And I thought he looked really good. And I think he's one of those guys the Royals remember seeing a lot of in Detroit. And he really upped his game in Atlanta. And once again, I think kind of a one or maybe a two-year deal where the incentives are a little bit higher for him. That makes a lot of sense. Joe Jimenez has been a closer before and I think could fit in this back end of the bullpen. So those three guys right there are kind of on my wish list. All affordable and all bring stability. They're not going to go out there and give up four runs and get one out. These are guys that have shown throughout the course of the season longevity. That's also what I'm looking for. How many innings did you throw this year? If you're at 50, 60, 70, great. Because we know that you can log a lot of innings, that you're healthy, and we can trust you in the 6th, 7th, or the 8th inning. Those are all really important signs to me in this bullpen. If you want to go and take a a more of a long-term approach, and maybe long-term is the bad term to use here, but Ryan Stanek, local ties here to Kansas City, went to Blue Valley High, then went and pitched at Arkansas, really took off with the Rays, went back down to earth with Miami, and then took off again with Houston. He's got power stuff. He's got incredible stuff, and he's been in the opener role before. And if the Royals want to keep the opener role, maybe that could be enticing to him. He gets to go back to that spot instead of kind of pitching in the the fifth, sixth, or seventh inning. Could be enticing, and I think he's a name to watch. Now, Will Smith, former Royal, was closing out games for the Rangers. That could make a lot of sense on a cheap one-year deal. The best thing about bullpen arms and free agency specifically is that these guys are reaching their mid-30s. You know, you're not going to have to give them a three-year deal. You don't need to go spend money on a closer either. Turn somebody into a closer. But that's kind of my core wish list for bullpen guys. Now, they could go off the wall, find somebody like a James MacArthur again. They could turn somebody into it from the Rule 5 pick. You know, they could be active in that market. But if they're just going free agency, these are a couple of the guys that I really like and I think can fit in this bullpen and take a lot of stress and a lot of pressure of Matt Quattrero and this coaching staff. They need guys who can get outs and log a lot of innings, not just in the rotation. They need guys in the bullpen that can do it as well. So those are my three to four guys that are on my wish list at this moment. All right, the next thing we're going to dive into is a fun hypothetical. I posed this on Twitter, and you can always follow me on Twitter at J underscore 15, about who you would start in game one. It's unrealistic, but let's have some fun with it. Next on Lockdown Royals. You are tuned into Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Follow me on Twitter at J underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 1-5. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to one of today's title sponsors in FanDuel. Snap into action the NFL season with FanDuel on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better place than to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. With the wild card week being in full swing, it kind of made me think of a fun hypothetical for the Kansas City Royals. And as I'm watching the Rays and the Rangers and who their number one pitcher was, you know, yesterday for the Rangers, it was Jordan Montgomery starting game one of a wild card series. The Rays um, throughout, who was it? I'm already blanking on the name who the Rays threw out there. Because Shane McClanahan was hurt. Zach Eflin went today. Uh, Tyler Glass now. Yeah, I don't know why I blanked on Tyler Glass now. Tyler Glass now 
through yesterday. And the Phillies-Marlins game, it was Jesus Lazardo for Miami, Zach Wheeler for Philadelphia. You know, the Brewers had Corbin Burns. No, true number ones. So I had a fun hypothetical of if the Royals were to make the postseason. And you could you know, turn this into a 2024 hypothetical. You can use this in a make-believe world. But I have two pitchers that really showed that they could be front-end guys. They could be the number one of a staff. And that was 2022 Brady Singer. We all believed going into 2023 he was going to be the team's number one. And then after that faltered a little bit, who did we turn to? Cole Reagans and the 2023 version of Cole Reagans. So in a fun hypothetical, in a make-believe world, if the Royals are going into a 2024 wildcard game, let's say this happens over the course of 2024. Brady Singer returns to 2022 for Let's say he finds himself again. You know, a 3-2-6 ERA, striking out about eight to nine guys per nine. He walks less than three guys per nine. About league average to slightly below in whip. Logged about 160, 175 innings. So that's in one corner. Then you could have Cole Reagans, who showed, right, that in the 12-start stretch, he's electric. I believe the most electric guy the Royals have had in the rotation since Jordano Ventura. And I don't think it's particularly close. So you have Reagans, who can run it up there at 98, 99, 100, and can't wait to see what he looks like when the adrenaline's really pumping. I mean, could he hit 102 in the first inning? Guess we'd wait and find out. But yeah, it can play into your scenario here of a wild card start. Okay, so let's paint a picture here. Let's pick a team that kind of sneaked in. In fact, let's just go from the central. Let's say the Royals win the division in this hypothetical. Let's say they just take the place of the Minnesota Twins next year. You win about 85, 86 games. And if that were to happen, you would have to have 22 version Brady Singer come back into play. But here you are with these two options. You are Matt Quatrero. Who are you going with? Do you take Brady Singer, a guy that I thought showed a lot of consistency? But if things got a little bit tough, if he started dealing with base runners, he doesn't really have the swing and miss stuff to get out of jams like that. Or you could go with Cole Reagans, who can blow you away. I mean, he could strike out 9, 10, 11, 12 guys in this outing. However, he could also walk maybe three to four guys. And when things really start to go south, when the walks start piling up, the command starts to slip away from him. And I have my thoughts. And leave a comment on YouTube. Leave a comment on Twitter. Who you would pick if the Royals were in this three-game series, but you needed the game one starter. Now, of course, your game two starter would be one or the other. It could be Reagans or Singer, depending on who you pick for game one. I think my choice is very similar to the way the Royals handled things back in 2015. And the way they handled things back in 2015 without James Shields is they went with their home run hitter, basically, which is maybe a bad analogy to use when you're talking about a starting pitcher. But remember, in game one of the ALDS in 2015 against Houston, who did they start? It was Jordano Ventura. Then they had Cueto game two. 
You know, and then you get to the ALCS game one was Volquez, World Series game one was Volquez. But to begin the postseason, they wanted the firepower. They wanted to, of course, protect Jordano Ventura pitching at home, and he later on had to pitch in New York where he didn't fare very well. But I think I would go that route. I don't think you go what Arizona did yesterday, even though it worked out for them, and save your race in Zach Gallon for game two. I think when you are a team that sneaks into the postseason, you're a bit of a mismatch, you got to send your flamethrower out there. You got to let the sparks fly. You got to let the fireworks go off. And I'm not taking away what Brady Singer did in 2022. I was very high on Brady Singer at the end of 2022. But I remember that when you get a second and third situation, one out or nobody out, runs are going to score in that end. You know, just because when you have a two-pitch mix, all they got to do is put one in the air. Now, with Reagans, we saw at the very tail end of the year. I remember that start at Houston in Minute Maid Park. Runner at third, nobody out. He got out of it without allowing a run because he's got the power stuff, because he's got the overwhelming stuff. And in a postseason game, if you have Cole Reagans pumping 98, 99, 100, 101, I think I'd live with that. And then if things go sideways, then maybe that decision burns you. But I've always believed you take the lights out guy over the consistency guy when you're talking about a game one starter. Because if the lights out guy falters and the lights aren't on in that big time start, you want consistency, you want stability in game two. So in this fun and hypothetical scenario, you've got the stability in Singer and the firepower in Cole Reagans. And if the Royals in some way, shape, or form found their way into the postseason in 2024, I think that's the way they would go. If Singer returns the form and Reagans continues this trend, also very dependent if the Royals add a number one starter, because then that basically nullifies his entire argument. But I still think if they go out there and sign their number one, it might be who's the best arm at the end of the season. It doesn't automatically mean that number one's going to be your wild card starter. It's just something to contemplate a little bit. It's something to factor in. Because we've always had fun with this of, oh, who would be your game one starter? For a while, it was Danny Duffy and and 16 and 17. Oh, he's got the firepower. He did. He had the swing and miss, but the Royals never got the postseason. Couldn't really pick anybody in 18, 19, 20, or 21. Maybe Brad Keller for a short stint, a very short stint like COVID year Brad Keller. Somebody pointed that out on Twitter. I thought it was brilliant. But to me, if you get to that point, and these guys are on the roster and pitching at the best versions of themselves, I don't know why you wouldn't go with the firepower of a true ace in Cole Reagan, save the stability for a Brady Singer-type guy in Game 2. Just a fun little thing to contemplate. It's postseason baseball. The Royals aren't playing. So let's just imagine. Let's daydream for a little bit. Let me know your comments below on YouTube, or let me know your comments on Twitter. Just shoot them at me at JohnnyJ underscore 15. All right, the last thing we're going to talk about today is the biggest what if in 2023. If this guy excelled, what would the team have looked like? How much better would they have been? That's coming up on Locked on Royals. You are tuning to Locked on Royals and the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. Before we go any further, 
Let's give a shout out to the other title sponsor today in Bird Dogs. You know me and that I am a huge fan of wearing a pair of Bird Dogs. You've seen me wear the hat before. Right now the hat's a little bit dirty because I use it all the time. And also the shorts and my sweatpants. I actually wore the sweatpants today to work. And so you would know from that, I find them incredibly comfortable. Uh, depending where you're watching this from, could be in Kansas City, could be across the globe, could be West Coast, East Coast. I'm sure it's still kind of hot out right now. And if you're dealing with that humidity, you've got to get yourself a pair of bird dogs because they're so comfortable. You're not going to have that uncomfortable sweat like you have with normal shorts. They are just the best pair of shorts to use. So here is what you need to do with bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter promo code locked on MLB at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. They promise you. There's always going to be that talk at the tail end of the year. You know, what more could this player have done? What more could this manager have done? What more could this bullpen arm have done? And I think there's a lot of things we can break down with the Royals. And even if there were five, six, seven what-ifs on the roster, which I firmly believe they were, there were, you got to narrow it down to one. Who would have made the biggest impact if they really were a transcendent baseball player? We saw Bobby Wood Jr. excel. We saw Michael Garcia excel. We saw Freddie Fermin excel. MJ Melendez in the second half, Cole Reagan, James McArthur, and Nelson Velasquez. list goes on and on and on. I'm going to pick a guy that we haven't seen play for a while. And this should be everybody's pick out there. If it isn't, again, let me know in the comments on YouTube or on Twitter. The biggest what if has to be Vinny Pasquantino. Um, the Royals were not competitive when Vinny was in the lineup because pitching was a huge problem and the offense really couldn't get going. But you go back to his rookie year. Vinny Basquintino was the best player, I believe, at that point on the roster. And there wasn't really much debate for that. I mean, truly, Vinny Basquintino was an unbelievable offensive threat. He was hitting near 300. OBP was near 400. Slug was high. Extra base machine. High walk rate. And I went into 2023 thinking... He's going to be the all-star representative for the Royals. He's the most polished. He's the most mature. He's got the best approach. He's got the most pop. I mean, everything favored Vinny Pasquantino for me. And that's why when I look at this team, does Vinny Pasquantino make them 10 games better? No. No, I wouldn't say that he does. But I was so curious to see when this lineup really got going, what Vinny Pasquantino would have done for it. Uh, what version of this group we would, would we have gotten at its best when Pasquantino's in that lineup? Think about some of the first basemen that played. You had Matt Duffy out there a couple of times. Remember that long month stretch where Matt Beatty was the first baseman for the team? I mean, that all could have been solved if Benny Pasquantino was out there. I mean, even go back to when Nick Prado was over at the hot corner and Nick Prado was hitting well. Could you imagine Vinny DHing in that lineup? Can you imagine when Bobby Wood Jr. caught fire, Garcia caught fire, Melendez caught fire, Prado was a little bit hot, and then you had Pasquantino, and then you had Nelson Velasquez? There's six guys right there that could carry the lineup. I mean, Salvi was hurt all the time and inconsistent. That could certainly be a what-if for a lot of people, but Vinny Pasquantino, to me, going into next year, 
is still a top two offensive player on this team. I mean, depending how quickly you know Bobby Wood Jr. gets started next year, I mean, I just feel the best about Vinny coming back fully healthy. He had surgery, so you're hoping he comes in 100% into spring training. He has gotten hurt in his first two years in the big leagues, but when he's healthy, when he's on, there really is no more consistent player in that lineup. Like, it feels like to me, his slumps are not the same with the other guys in the lineup. Some guys' slumps in this lineup can last a month long, a month and a half, maybe all season. But Vinny always seemed to find a way to get out of his early slumps. I mean, to begin his big league career, he wasn't lighting the world on fire. He was hitting the ball hard, but it wasn't finding the grass. And then this year took him a little bit to get going, and that was kind of in that same time period where Bobby Wood Jr. wasn't hot, MJ Melendez wasn't hot, Massey wasn't hot. I mean, nobody in the lineup was hitting. But to me, if this lineup gets going in April, that's when you can see the hot start. Pitching, to me, I think can always turn around. You know, pitching, you hope in the cold weather, it just benefits from that. But offensively, if you get this group going early on, that's when things get interesting. But I don't believe this offense can truly get going unless you have a healthy Vinny Pasquantino in the lineup. So by far and away, Pasquantino, to me, is the biggest what-if of 2023. When he got hurt, it was probably the lowest point the Royals had all year. And I truly mean that. You know, I think when you look at this team and you knew it was an evaluation year, the losses were going to happen. You know, there really was no loss where I felt like it hit rock bottom. The day that we found out Vinny Pasquantino was going to miss the rest of the season, that's when I kind of went, well, this is one of the few guys. This was one of your few guys that could give you hope for this offense moving forward. And I think that we would have seen a better version of Bobby Wood Jr. even and Michael Garcia if they had that protection in the three-hole. And when I construct this roster for 2024, he's a middle-of-the-bat type of lineup or middle-of-the-lineup type of bat. To me, that's something you have to have if you are going to make a significant improvement, right? 80 to 85 games is the threshold here. Well, you can't get there if Vinny's not healthy. I think we would have seen this team probably get around, oh, 64 to 65 games, probably just repeat what happened in 2022 if Vinny's in that lineup. Now you asked me, or I asked myself, that is, you know, does he make them 10 wins better? Likely not. Well, that's about 10 wins better. I guess when I break it down from an offensive standpoint and when this team was really struggling, when they could have used an extra bat or two, he would have been the guy you put in there. I mean, seriously, a guy that hits near 300, an OBP of 400, extra base machine, walk rate's pretty high. That could have gotten you out of some pretty tough times. That could have helped a lot of the struggles you had at first base in the middle of the lineup. At the end of the day, I don't think there's a close second. I mean, you could say, what if, um, you know, Michael Massey didn't start slow? What if MJ Melendez didn't start slow? You know, what if Kyle Isbell really took off? All those things are, are great options. But to me, number one by far and away is what if Vinny Vasquintino was healthy? Well, that's going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. 
Find all these podcasting episodes on where you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. Do not forget to hit that subscribe button. But until next time, you take it easy, Kansas City.